Welcome to the Healthy Doctor Podcast, where we host conversations about physician well-being. I'm Dr. Steve Sartori, Director of the Center for Well-Being at the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Medical liability is a looming threat to the well-being of every practitioner, and a medical malpractice suit is one of the most stressful events in the life of a clinician. My guest on this episode, Dr. Paul Warwick, chair of the CMDA Medical Malpractice Ministry, will help us navigate these difficult waters. Dr. Warwick is an ENT specialist in private practice in Lafayette, Indiana. He sees medicine as a unique method of ministry, treating patients of all ages and both genders. He has an equal love for discussions with patients in the office and operating in the head and neck region. He has a passion to serve colleagues suffering in the wake of a medical malpractice event or unexpected complication of care. Dr. Warwick, trained in Canada, completing medical school at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, and then residency training at the University of Toronto. In his spare time, he enjoys golf, running, singing, and playing guitar. He is also involved with a CMDA student chapter at IUPUI. He and his wife, Rebecca, live in Indianapolis with their two sons. I'm looking forward to talking with Dr. Warwick. Welcome, Paul, to this edition of the Healthy Doctor podcast. Welcome, uh, indeed. I am just so humbled to be here, Steve. This is just a tremendous, amazing work of God that uh, this is a chance to share a story of mine uh, in light of all that he's led me through. So thank you for having me. Well, I I appreciate the fact that you uh, engage in these kinds of conversations and you're willing to go where doctors are are hurting. And so one of the things that first comes to my mind is is a curiosity and an interest in what prompted your engagement and interest in helping doctors who are experiencing a malpractice suit. What got you going on this? Well, it's obviously it's a dubious honor, right? <laughs> Surgeons don't like talking about complications, let alone malpractice suits. But I just discovered in my own, you know, walk and uh, through medical practice that this is so pervasive and such a culture of silence, a culture of shame, and so many doctors and their families suffer as a result. And so given that reality, I just um, I realized that I needed to be part of the solution, and I was a bit surprised when I reached out to CMDA and discovered there already was a medical malpractice ministry. That's how in the dark I was, and and then soon discovered thereafter, Steve, what you were doing with the Center for Wellbeing, and um, just thought this was uh, fantastic, and how much I wish I'd availed myself of those resources when, when a darker, tougher moments were ongoing in my life. Well, thanks for stepping up and uh, reaching into that space and discovering that uh, there already was some work doing, and you said part of that movement was uh, kind of harvesting some of the experience you personally had had, so I'm not sure how much you're willing to share about that, but uh, obviously something there personally drove you to this. You know, in surgery, we know from the literature, uh, New England Journal published an article, I believe, in 16. In in essence, the distilled version of that is that, you know, a surgeon can expect a malpractice suit about every five to seven years, and that's an astonishing statistic. 
because this is a steady assault on our practice, our confidence, our life with our family, just an effort to keep life feeling normal and on the rails. So, you know, I've been, I guess, in line with that that statistic over the course of time. You know, you can get uh, all degrees of, of lawsuits. You get named with another colleague who had something unfortunate happen. You can get named as a resident in that, that way and have the entire chart named in the suit. And you can have one where it's you that's the primary surgeon and there's really no one else to, to look to. And so it's a challenge and a major stress. Certainly hospitals are often quite supportive, but naturally their goals are not always completely aligned with those of physicians. And they are ultimately not the same as friends and family in your support system. So analyzing that and realizing that as a Christian, my faith was challenged through these times that I wanted to capsulize that in some way that would be meaningful and understandable for those who are coming behind. They can understand, you know, what they're in for and how best to cope because it's at least on the basis of statistics, it's bound to occur to virtually all surgeons over the course of a career and almost all physicians as well. So I think that CMDA has a lot to offer. It's a place where we all come for nurturing and for support. We have marriage counseling. We have marriage getaways. We have mission trips where we compare notes and derive an awful lot of you know, psychotherapy and spiritual support, and some of our best contacts and practice come from those trips. I think it was just exciting for me to be able to contribute a little piece to that much bigger pie of what CMDA aims to do for its members. You know, you mentioned earlier that you touched on a little bit of the impact of a uh, of a malpractice suit, a liability case, you know, the the sense, I think you used the word like shame or a code of silence or something like that. So... So what actually happens to a doctor once they get sued? Is there any typical course or experience that comes along with that? Yeah, I mean, it's, first of all, it's just kind of shock. You get, you know, the release of records is usually that first step. And, you know, you might get a, a summons in the mail with a, a letter from a, a lawyer's office and you just get that horrible, weak, sinking feeling and, you don't really want to open that letter, but you know you kind of have to. And it's been generally recommended don't read too far through those things because there's not a lot of useful things being said. It's not going to encourage you. The uh, lawyers often will say all manner of despicable things and, and say how negligent you always are and, and all kinds of really disparaging things about you. And that's really hard to, to take. And then you know, you got to go home and back to work the next day and carry on as though nothing has happened. That's hard to do. And, you know, it's it, often you're getting in touch with your risk management people at some early juncture along the way, usually as soon as you have, are aware that there's a case. Those people will pretty much lower the cone of silence. If you remember uh, Get Smart, the cone of silence comes down and you pretty much have a very short list of people with whom you can talk about it. That's them and 
uh, your your spouse and um, perhaps your pastor, depending on your jurisdiction exactly who you can talk to. You you need to ask your risk management folks to know. But it's a short list, and it becomes really, really isolating. And if it's your first experience, you certainly start to wonder, is this something that always happened to me, or, or is this a very rare thing? You don't really know much about what's gone on in the lives of other surgeons, and so unless they open up, you're kind of stuck in this cone of silence. And so that's where I think CMDA's model of sharing one's own story can really have an enormous impact for the lives of its members and uh, those who reach out to the malpractice ministry for help in these difficult times in, in practice. Yeah, we, we know that silence and shame and loneliness uh, contribute to a decrease in mental well-being for sure, and just at a time when you need support, it sort of evaporates many times, and you're stuck with this very small group of people around you who can really share with you, and and yet CMDA offers a connection point with another doctor. Yeah, and, and our members who uh, cannot really provide formal counseling, but certainly can provide a listening ear and, and uh, in general will be sharing something of what they've gone through so that you don't have to feel like you're having to share too much of your own details and putting yourself in an awkward position from your own risk management point of view just to hear someone else who knows and has been further down the road, can share what they've gone through personally, how it affected their lives, that the Lord turned it around into something powerful and meaningful in their lives, is just uh, a huge glimmer of hope when it seems like all is gray and depression is, can so easily set in, marital strain sets in, you lose confidence in you know, your operating, you start to wonder who among your colleagues is talking and who's aware and paranoia is just uh, rampant and it's it's just it's such a common cluster of experiences and yet it's so little talked about that it is um, it's really behooves us to bring it out of the dark and into the light and let God's light come down upon it we can just get over ourselves really quick we are fallible human beings we're all going to make mistakes. It was preached to us perhaps through the 70s and 80s that doctors could solve all problems, that we were, we were somehow above the fray and could avoid errors. But obviously that bubble's burst. We can't do those things. We are broken. And we'll do broken things sometimes. And um, the sooner we can kind of come to grips with that and communicate that with each other, I think the better the care will actually end up delivering because will be in a much better emotional frame of mind, confident in uh, what the skills we have and how to best you know, deliver those to patients. Well, it sounds like uh, you are offering hope from the ministerial perspective that uh, someone who has gone before has made it through, has grown through, in fact, that there is hope, that there is a way to persevere, to endure, and to come out on the other side actually reaping some spiritual benefit even from the whole process. Is that really possible? Well, you turn all those things on their head, right? Um, you lose confidence. You lose a positive attitude toward your work. Your family relationships start to feel strained. 
you lose your sense of mission, you sometimes feel like you're even abandoned by God, that somehow you've, you've wasted some of the talents that he's given you, all kinds of dark thoughts start to come in on your uh, life. And, you know, many, many people uh, start to feel suicidal. And uh, what's the point of carrying on? Turn all of those things on their head because that's what God does. That's he takes our brokenness and he puts us back together again and makes us even stronger. Just like when a fracture happens and a callus forms around the fracture, in some ways that callus makes things more resistant to a fracture if it's given enough time to heal. Not a perfect analogy, but it does help to kind of clarify what God does with these broken moments. And it doesn't happen overnight. We have to have others who can walk with us. For me, uh, that was Monty. He uh, he took time aside, and we went through the book of Job together one day when I was out bike riding with him, and I just kind of broke down, and I needed, I needed a friend. And um, Monty met with me every week for, I want to say, over six months going through Job together, just on the basis of my request for help. And um, God's going to put a special crown on his head someday just for having made that commitment for me. You know, we can be that Monty for other people when they've been sued and just have lost their grip on exactly what medicine is about and what it will mean for their family, what it will mean for their future. Well, you've touched on one of the undergirding strengths Uh, of getting through this and going through this is that sense of the spiritual core and the meaning uh, that you intend or try to harvest from all of this. And having a partner, having a Monty, having someone there beside you can be so helpful in that process. And, And I think that, you know, when we start to realize that this is something God always knew about, it was no surprise to him. And this was part of the brokenness that he built into us along the way, we start to realize that um, we're part of something much more dependent on him than we ever had imagined. And that's obviously a far healthier place to be. So you learn to rely on God. My now departed father-in-law, who was a very dear friend to me, when I first let him know this had happened. I'd had a case brought against me. He said, well, this is when we learn to trust. And he was talking about trusting God. I knew those when he said those words that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a lightweight comment. It was a very weighty one. And um, it just meant the world for me to have someone who understood what this would, would be and that there would be something good that would come from it in the end. So that's what somebody in, in the middle of this really needs to hear. And we want to help the word get out for our members that these resources exist. They're here to help you. You will have to exercise a little courage just to pick up the phone and admit what's going on in your life in order to you know, avail yourself of those resources. But let me tell you, friend, it is more important than anything, that you feel that God is walking with you in this and and the blessings that come from involving another believer who can share their story, can make a world of difference. And it may not be the only piece God uses, but it'll be a big piece. I I certainly remember 
two experiences I had on a mission trip in Kenya and later while interviewing in a job in Texas, uh, two colleagues who did just this for me and really birthed in me the idea that, man, that sort of lets everyone off the hook. If they can just recognize that someone's hurting, they're going through a malpractice suit, and they're sharing their malpractice experience, already now long since solved in the courts. Not going to upset any risk management group by sharing that story. And that can do a world of good. So this is a model that is a workable one and really helps those who are suffering in the midst of, of trouble. Well, there's almost a theological approach to this from what you've shared. You know, you studied the book of Job. You had counsel from your father-in-law about uh, this is where trust really uh, <laughs> really ramps up here. And so having the right perspective and the right worldview sounds like it can be fundamentally important walking through these dark, dark valleys. Yes, and they were dark. I mean, uh, almost... Uh, uh, really, really tough points. It was almost moment by moment. Just getting through the next five minutes was a challenge. And um, I I just want members to know that that's okay to feel that dark. God walks through those dark places right beside you. He knows exactly how that is. And um, he'll he'll bring you out the other side. You'll, You'll be amazed that he can, but he can. So if you're a Christian doctor listening and, uh, and having trouble Paul, what do you recommend for one of our members who gets a malpractice suit? How would you help them walk through this? What would be your steps or advice or counsel when this happens? There's a few resources that I want to point you to. First, your your own malpractice carrier should be made where. I know that's a tough phone call to have to make, and it's tough to kind of know what that conversation is going to lead to and bring. But in actual fact at least on the basis of experiences I've heard of and, and had myself, malpractice carriers are very much on the side of helping to support physicians. So you're legally on the hook to let them know, but they really do uh, want to help you. So call your uh, risk management group, get in touch with your malpractice carrier, let them know that a case has come, and start that process. You want to let your spouse know as soon as it's reasonable to do so in a way, in a setting that will make sense. Uh, Your spouse is going to be affected by these circumstances, and he or she uh, needs to know that if you're having emotional troubles and, and difficulty in your relationship with your spouse, that it's not all springing from discord between the two of you, and that they need to remind themselves that it's not directed at them personally, but it's an enormous new stressor. That said, part of assuming that responsibility is getting some help. Counseling is, I think, a very, very strong tool in helping this situation. That may come from your pastor. It may come from a Christian counseling service. I think that that's a very worthwhile effort. And you can consult with your uh, risk management uh, group to know what is discoverable. But in, in essence, if you're talking mostly about your the emotional impacts of this event on your life, if they discover this and want to present this in any kind of formal legal setting, it'll be a lot of mishmash and nothing of consequence for, I think, a lot of legal proceedings, which is very low utility and value. So, um, But always you want to follow the advice of your risk management to know what is the right answer for the 
counseling service you seek out. Accessing CMBA's medical malpractice ministry is an excellent adjunct to that because you're going to have access to at least one other colleague out there who can walk this world with you and knows what it is like to live this world before you've been there and can help you foresee in general terms what things you can do, what things you can foresee to help. Uh, There's reading that's worthwhile. Certainly nothing like a malpractice suit to cause you to reconsider your priorities, what matters most to you, what career decisions you've made along the way, where you live, why you live there. All kinds of things start to come to mind as, as you hit a malpractice suit. And I think that still to this day, our uh, CMDA reference of uh, practicing by the book remains an excellent resource, even though it's 15 years past its print date, as a resource of just very good, sound guidance all the way through the aspects of practice. And there are two chapters in there which I think uh, lend themselves well, The Hurting Doctor and, and another chapter on malpractice which are full of good details. And I commend our members to read those. And then uh, finally, a good colleague I've met, Stacia Dearman. She's not a believer. She's a Jewish uh, emergency physician affiliated with Case Western Reserve, but has really done a great job developing resources and a, a, a product called Thrive. You can look her up. She has her own proprietary website for helping physicians who are going through malpractice I know Stacia personally, and uh, she has been a huge help to me, and I think that to many of our members, understanding that it's not coming from a Christian perspective, but there's a lot of simply good resources that she can provide and just good judgment that she can add to your life just by combing through uh, her blog and her website uh, resources. Those are right off the top of my head where I would look to first. Well, Paul, you've given us uh, some really good insights here and some practical steps to help us navigate these difficult waters when they occur. And uh, and I thank you so much for all of that and for the resources, which we will highlight uh, afterward as well. And appreciate your leadership of the CMDA Medical Malpractice Ministry and all that you are willing to do and step into to help other other members. Thanks a lot, and thanks for being with me. Real honor to be here, Steve. Thank you for having me. Dr. Warwick gave us some real practical steps to help doctors who experience a malpractice suit. He touched on the uh, fact that this creates a culture of silence and shame And then in reality, this is a time when really we need help. We need to reach out to a supporter, to our family, to a counselor, to the medical malpractice ministry at CMDA, to books and writings, and to seek the kind of support that we need to get through this and to find hope that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that there is help to be found, and that the scriptures and our spiritual lives are fundamental to getting through this in good shape. If you wish to connect with the Medical Malpractice Ministry, you can go to cmda.org slash malpractice, cmda.org slash malpractice for resources and to get connected with a peer supporter, someone else who has been through a malpractice suit, who can listen to you, not the specifics, 
but rather just be there for you and perhaps share some things that were gleaned and learned over the course of their experience. It can be very, very helpful. Another resource is found at thrivephysician.com. Thrivephysician, one string, dot com. Resources that can be very helpful that Dr. Wark mentioned in his interview. At the CMDA Center for Well-Being, we help doctors and other healthcare professionals align with God, optimize well-being, and maximize influence. We offer professional coaching services to help you advance your well-being, navigate transitions, or grow your leadership skills. We also host coach training events where you can learn to help others without giving advice. For more information, visit cmda.org slash wellbeing or email wellbeing at cmda.org. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Healthy Doctor. If you like the podcast, please take time to leave a good rating as it could encourage others to subscribe. And tune in again next month. And until then, take care of yourself as you care for others. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.